gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Wooden Price Stadium is second to nine. And the rage breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! He makes it in! Can you believe it? have won this game! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now! Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell him, you look like you joined the damage. Greetings and good morning. Welcome back and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Signorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics and built by the Barn Dominium Co., the Barndo Co., the BarndominiumCo.com, one of the nation's best builders. You can find them at the BarndominiumCo.com if you're in the Carolinas, Georgia, or in Tennessee. JC, JB, and Phil here. At 11.06 a.m. on this Monday, July the 10th, a week from today, we'll be right in the beginning of SEC Media Days, and we certainly are looking forward to that steamrolling just 54 days away from the kickoff of the Gamecock football season. Of course, college football will begin a little bit before that, and we're about a month away, really, from the kickoff of the high school football season at least here in the Palmetto State, so certainly fired up. We're all back to glad to be back from... Well, maybe we're not from vacation. Vacation, <laughs> I know it took a toll on me. I know it took a toll on JC. And apparently it took a toll on Phil based on how the show began. But that's okay. Uh, we, uh, we'll all hiccup from time to time and we'll get through it. John Whittle will join us here in just a little bit as well because uh, some major stuff going on out there in Gamecock baseball land. JC Sherbert has all the updates when it comes to Carolina football recruiting as well. The draft will begin again in three hours on the major league side. So we'll see uh, what um, what John Whittle can bring to the table pertaining to that conversation. But we did miss everybody. I'm back from Delaware. JC's back from Gatlinburg. And Phil is back from... Points unknown. Points unknown. <laughs> uh, I did see a, a, quite a nature hike with Phil and the crew uh, on, on right. social media. Over man, the we, weekend, we into the, the woods a uh, few times this week. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Good there to get back go. to nature. I, I know at Gallagher, we took the UTV before the bear attacked it and uh, drove through the Great Smoky, one of the trails in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. I've never done that before. Yeah. Uh, nice. It was pretty awesome. You know, uh, we went around 10 in the morning, took about an hour, saw some waterfalls, saw some uh, rapids, uh, saw some places where people used to live back in the day up on the mountain. Like, I was like, wow, 
It's like, this is Alan Cole's house. I'm like, Alan Cole must have been a dang badass. Because, you know, <laughs> sitting there living up on this mountain in the 1800s, you walk in the house and you, you got to be at least 4'11 to feel comfortable in it. I guess people were not as tall back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, no. it looks like maybe they raised pigs there or something. There's a field and different like slop houses and stuff, but uh, very historic. I need to look up and see exactly who he was. Then there were, there's another guy named Reagan that had a house back on the trail. And I was like, well, that, they used to be like neighbors. I mean, what'd you do? Do you need something from your neighbors? What if a bear attacked you? Well, yeah, you just, you, you, you yeah. better fight back. That's what you yeah, do. I mean, so, uh, <laughs> but it, it's just amazing to me. Like, you know, there's this big national park and all the, the tourists drive through and stuff. People used to live there, you know, before there was a road. That's right. You know? I mean, that's, uh, that's, we that's, talked about some of this before you left the uh, Catalucci Valley. Yeah, but but you're like remember I mentioned that you, you yeah I was tall in there I I was my head was crazy yeah like, that's away. crazy man and it uh, yeah. I just kept thinking about that country boy can't survive song uh, mostly the Eric Church version but there's a Hank version too obviously it's pretty famous so uh, yeah it's like Grandpa told me how to live off the land you know and I was singing it and of course Nat got she was like shut up it's like okay <laughs> you're ruining my peaceful nature experience right, That's right, uh, right. but uh it was um it was a lot of fun uh a bear did attack the utv while we were in the cabin uh, after we'd gotten back off that trail actually we went back kind of took a nap because uh this was the 5th of july and the 4th of july was sort of a long night uh <laughs> so we went back and took a nap and uh uh, all of a sudden we go out and we're, we're taking, actually returning the UTV to the, to the rental place. And the boys were like, mom, a bear attacked the, the golf cart. They called it the golf cart. And she's like, nah. And my reaction was similar to when I saw my hockey Jersey, have my name misspelled. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, wow. You know, uh, I couldn't believe it. We took pictures. Uh, and so then one thing I did not get a picture of, and I wish I would have, but I was just kind of stunned. I was like, uh, uh, Ghostbusters, like, come in, Ray. It's looking at me, Ray. Uh, so I take the UTV down the mountain because we're up on this mountain, man. And it's like, uh, I don't know how we got our SUV up there. It's like this twisty turn. Around. So I'm, they're following me and she's got to do like a nine point turn to get out the driveway uh, in the expedition. We rented to go down there. And so I'm down, I'm rolling down the hill after this bear. And all of a sudden this big bear is in the middle of the road, staring at me. And I just stopped, looked at it. (laughs) I was like, what the hell am I going to do? I was like, if I try and get by it, I mean, that dude could, he could take this thing out. And I was like, man, that's a big ass bear that got into it. ate this thing and he probably wants some, he or she wants some more. Uh, but then I realized the noise from the UTV, it's going to scare it off. So I did it and it scared off. I did not take a picture of the big bear. I should have, but I was kind of like wondering what to do. You know, wasn't scared, but was wondering what to do. And so she bounded off. Burr, 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 burr. Well, the night before or two nights before we were coming back in the Uber, which is difficult to get in Gatlinburg, by the way, but we managed to get a couple, uh, a little bear. We saw a little bear like, roll it like, like a little dog, you know, kind of out in the road and then going back, hitting some trash cans and all that. And so I was like, huh, you know, this is not that little bear. You know, this is a big, big, big mama looking bear. Right. And so we're talking about it and stuff. Then the neighbor the next day in the cabin over from us goes, Hey, I'm like, I got scared. I was like, who is this? You know, it was, it was the guy that ran the cat. He's like, we got video of the bear attacking the thing. And they're just sitting up there going, Oh man, he's going to get him a beer. 
And uh, we didn't have any beer in the cooler. We had a Coca-Cola and it exploded in his face. But it was the baby. It was the baby that attacked the SUV. So I, my theory is that big bear that I ran into is like looking at me like, have you seen my son? He's just out of control. Because I think it's that same little one that was out causing mischief earlier. But uh, it was a smaller bear and not the one I ran into. But I guess that's the mom looking for the kid because he's just mischievous and bad. <laughs> um, so that's my theory on that. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was the damnest thing I've ever seen. That was like only to me. I was like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that just happens to me in that. So that was uh, that was interesting. But, um, yeah, it was. Uh, it, I was in no danger at any point. I mean, it wasn't like. We were sitting there and a bear came out the woods. It was like, Bruh! you know, that little bear just wanted him something good. And like, and then of course you get the pretentious people on Facebook. Uh, this lady that I guess she's from up here and knows that you should never leave food out for the bears. I'm like, well, here's some facts, lady. We didn't leave food out. We had a cooler that had one Coca-Cola and one bottle of water in it. I was like, I didn't know they could smell the Coca-Cola. through there. We never had any food in that cooler at all. <laughs> Just water and a coke, and we just took a couple of drinks with us up the mountain. I mean, that the cooler that was the cooler that came with the uh, UTV, you know. Mm. Uh, and, and so yeah, so it's, so it's our fault, right? You left the Coca Cola and the water, and this is my damn fault, you know. Come on, leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, it's like there's no bears in Illinois anyway. I'm like, I don't know how the hell she even's thinking about this, you know. I'm like, well, what makes you an expert? But anyway, she apologized. <laughs> but uh, I'm just like I couldn't believe it. Like, should never leave food. I mean, I know this. There's signs all over Gatlinburg. Do not feed the bears. I mean, that, they're there for a reason, right? I would never do that. It's not like I left a ham sandwich out there, like Yogi, like a picnic basket. Like a picnic basket. And Boo Boo climbed up there and ate the seat, looking for a sandwich. Oh, go, boo, boo, boo. Let's go get a sandwich. Picnic basket. Oh yeah, Yogi. Let's do. Oh, the seat tastes good. Come on. So anyway, that's my bear story. That's right. Damn, it was a little well, less hair wing than I figured it would be. <laughs> <laughs> what did you see? You had to fend it off with a stick or something? Nah, yeah, that's right. I, I the didn't, boys out there. Yeah, it's primal. Yeah, no, nah, it, it was nothing like that. It was nothing like that. So. But it did do a number on that UTV, man. Yeah. I know, and it yeah. was, uh, it saw it, you know, the, the video is, is sort of blurry because the neighbor didn't use iPhone. <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> the, you, those of you that don't still don't, the, the green type people, <laughs> the green <laughs> font, uh, but no, uh, he, he, he had a little, but the, we got the video and it, you could clearly see it like eating the seat and then it climbed in the back and mm-hmm. was getting in that cooler and stuff. I was like, man, but it was, it was not a big, it wasn't the big bear that I ran into. My, my theory is that was the mom, like a mom in a shopping mall going, have you seen my little kid? You know, like, and that's why she was staring at me like, Hey, give me a hand here. Where is he? You know, but she, she got scared around. So anyway, that's my bear story. Well, we are glad you made it. That's for sure. Yeah. Did did, get, get, got to go to old red, uh, which Jamie, uh, it's, um, Blake Shelton's bar in Gatlinburg and they have one in Nashville and other, uh, other places as well, but uh, got to go there. Jamie recommended it. It was, I highly recommend it as well. Got an awesome breakfast at Sawyer's farmhouse on the way back grilled on a charcoal grill. Uh, 
and generally relaxed. You know, we sat in the hot tub and, and we were high enough up. We watched the fireworks display on when July fourth, right there in a hot tub. That was amazing. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm relaxed and ready to roll. Phil, you had a good vacation. Yeah, man, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Good. We did. We got down into the woods a couple of days and kind of hung around the house a little bit. Just kind of took it easy. It was neat, nice hanging out with the fam. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is, no, that no is harrowing cool. stories or anything like that. Other than the theme of this past week from my eldest is it's hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's hot. Well, uh, I tell all you week what, long I heard that. I'm like, come on. <laughs> it was, it was, it was hot up in Delaware. I mean, I couldn't believe how warm and muggy it was up there. I did play a round of golf with my buddy who's the golf pro at Crickle, Cripple Creek. And uh, I've got plenty of stories from the week, but I'm not going to bore everybody with those. The one I will share was um, that on the second hole, I I, uh, I parred number one. And on number two, it was a uh, long par three. And I was about 65 feet above the hole along the ocean on the fringe of the green. And I sank it for birdie. Nice. Just that a putt nice. easing nice. and on downhill. Perfect. A little yeah. right to left, coming back left to right and into the cup. And uh shot had a hell of a round up there. So that was that was a lot of fun. But certainly uh glad to see everybody. We'll hit a timeout here in just a second. Um with John Whittle coming up next. We've got plenty on recruiting to get to. Yes, the list of SEC players is out. Spencer Rattler, Tonka, Hemingway. And Kai Kroger will all represent the Gamecocks in this year's Media Days event in Nashville. Uh, We kind of anticipated Kai Kroger might be a representative from the special teams unit, considering he's probably the best punter in college football. And we anticipated that Spencer Rattler would be going as well. This has got to be, guys, the first quarterback. By the way, Spencer is one of just five. Only five of 14 teams are sending QBs this year uh, to Media Days. So, but it's got to be the first time since – did Dylan go? Dylan Thompson. Did Bentley Dylan go? Thompson? I want to say Jake, Jake went, didn't he? Jake, yeah, went. Jake went. Okay. He may have gone twice. So this is the first time since Jake. Or am I missing something? I don't think we've had a quarterback go in a few years. Mm-mm. Okay, yeah, that so, makes sense. It tracks. What's the over under on Oklahoma references? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, <laughs> you know, and and that and that's that's the thing too. I, I, it's actually there. They were there will be some interesting conversations with the quarterbacks this year's this year, guys. And we'll get again. We'll go over all this next week. But Joe Milton from Tennessee is going. Rattler is going. Will Rogers is going from Mississippi State. You can anticipate how many Mike Leach questions yeah. uh, he's going to get while he's over there. Um, you've got KJ Jefferson going from Arkansas and then, uh, LSU is sending Jaden Daniels down as well. So, um, uh, but you know, Milton's going to be peppered with all kinds of questions. Uh, and, um, and we know uh, to your point, <laughs> Phil, uh, Rattler is just going to be hammered with questions from four and five years ago. He's going to be exhausted with answering them, but to Shane Beamer's credit, he should be going. Spencer Rattler, regardless of whether he wants to be or not, and I think he does, is the face of Gamecock football. Period. Yeah. There's nobody else that's a bigger face than he is. Uh, and so it'll be neat. Um, it'll be neat to see him go over there. Yeah, they took one. It looks like he took one from defense, one from offense, one from special teams. Yeah, probably we thought like he'd do best. that. I yeah. think that's the best. Uh, I mean, 
probably the probably great picks, you know, if you think about it. Um, you know, certainly it can make a case for you know, and these things don't matter a whole lot, but I can make a case for Juice Well. Somebody did point out, I think Joyner went. Didn't Joyner go? Yeah, but uh, he Yeah, last year, right? So he's technically was a yeah, but he went as a wide receiver. Yeah, he plays some quarterback. So, but I mean, um, like as 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 the quarterback now. I mean, to carry on Jordan yeah. wasn't the quarterback last year. Spencer Rattler was. So yeah, he was yeah. in the wide receiver. Exactly. Cam Johnson's in the chat box saying something about four stars in Carolina's backyard. Like Troy Stevens is not a four star. I don't give a crap what they say. Uh, you know, that's that's just a terrible misevaluation on the part of whoever. Um. Braylon Staley, you know, they think they can get better. I think they're probably right, uh, especially if they get Adams and, and they're going to get Paler and they already have Mazio Bennett. Um, but, I look, that, that's just an unfortunate part about recruiting rankings. And not everybody in every state, I mean, you know, Clemson certainly wasn't knocking down the door for, for Troy Stevenson. And, and uh, then they told Staley they were full. So yeah. uh, I hate it that we have to sit here and talk about these guys. Uh, but look, there's just nothing. And I've dug and I've researched it. There's no explanation I've been given about Troy Stevenson other than some track time and upside and all that. And maybe he's the next Darius rush. Um, I'll, I can halfway justify Staley being a little bit highly ranked because he's got legit confirmed speed and looks good on film. But you know, when the kids a Clemson legacy and it looks like that's where he's going, and, you know, you have other guys that, that you think are better, which probably are, you know, I can't really blame the staff for that. So, um, I, you know, here, here's the thing I tell everybody. Carolina's got everybody out of the state they've wanted, period. End of discussion. Uh, and as long as you do that, you know, every now and then, there's going to be guys that get out that you go, man, they should have taken him. And that's where you judge recruiting, but you can't judge it right now. Judge it down the road. And stranger, you know, strange thing may happen. Troy Stevenson may be an All-American, and Staley may light the Gamecocks up at Tennessee, uh, you know. But I, at the same time, I'm just like, you know, I understand completely why they're not taking them. And I think those guys are extremely uh, misevaluated. And then Marcus Downs, you mentioned, Sonder. Yeah, I don't know how many of those offers are committable for him. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that that's another one that where you just like, well. Well, they're still you, you know, him, right? They're still yeah, down. I, I, yeah. I'm just like you know whatever. Kalen Adams just got crystal balls from Doan and Wilt Fong for Kalen Adams. We'll see. He commits here pretty soon. Uh, a lot of uh, this is a situation where it would kind of be a little unprecedented if he didn't commit to South Carolina, but uh, something something took place on his visit. Uh, you know that kind of changed his mind. Uh, the Gamecocks are still fighting yeah. a good fight. I don't think this one's over, even if he does commit to Virginia Tech. But this is definitely a situation where, you know, he is uh, – he's told both staffs kind of what they want to hear. Let's put it that way. Well, a lot of – we're going to get into a lot of this a little bit deeper here down the road. But John Whittle's waiting on us. So let's hit a timeout. When we return, the draft will continue itself uh, today. The SEC just showed its power yesterday. And we'll talk about how it may affect and probably will affect South Carolina here in just a few hours. Plus, Gavin Casas with some big news and a whole lot more from the transfer portal. John Whittle's the expert. He's with us when we return on Inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. 
family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barn Doe Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. First hour of the show, still presented to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the area, give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271. She'll be happy to help you with all your upstate residential real estate needs. And it's Monday again, and we're broadcasting. So that means Mr. John Whittle of the Big Spur is in to talk about a little bit of baseball going on. Look ahead at some football, maybe. I don't know. John does it all, and he's the best in the business. John, we're happy to have you. Good to see you, man. Yeah, definitely. Appreciate you have. Appreciate you guys having me. I hope you all enjoyed your week off. <laughs> we we <laughs> did. I did. Yeah, before. <laughs> yeah, JC narrowly escaped the death at hands at the hands of a black bear. But uh, seems like Jason's adding adventures to his uh, his initial adventure. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I had some event. Yeah, that, that had a. It was the cocaine Saturday. bear. Is what it was. It was the oh, cocaine man. bear. Co- oh yeah. <laughs> hey, that came up right. We we can't. Yeah, I'm sure. Soon, John, it'll be all football with you. One of the things, though, real quick before we get into all the specifics, JC mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and it really is a good point. With the with the portal now, not that I love it, and and these coaches, I know. I know they don't love it, spending 20 hours a day looking through it. But but I guess if there is a positive, we're, we're in the middle of July, and baseball schools like South Carolina and others are still really much in the thick of baseball conversation. This portal really has created a larger platform for the sport. Yeah, I, I agree. And just to kind of um, you know drive home that point, and I'm certainly not taking anything away from anybody, but there was a uh, update on Dylan Stewart on our on our website. Um, I guess it was maybe Friday last week, Thursday, Thursday or Friday last week. And I had some baseball portal nuggets that did just as much traffic, just as, just as many page views as as a five star defensive end, number one type player in the country update. So wow. there, there are folks who are really engaged on on uh, you know what. What is happening with the baseball program right now? Obviously, when you have a good season and there's some good things happening in the portal, then people are going to be interested. But it definitely uh, has created more conversation. I think it's good too that, like, as opposed to high school recruiting uh, in baseball, where I mean, like PJ is it Maldonado? Is that his last name? Orlando. Orlando, yeah. Orlando. Maldonado, Candy Maldonado in my brain, That's right? <laughs> Y'all remember him? Played for the Giants. Uh, I mean, that's great. I mean, they got him. He's a great player. Boy, what an engaging kid. It's a great story. But even with guys like – I mean, you just don't know because of the draft. You know, you're not going to know um, if they're coming to school or not. I think with the portal, I'll, while there is a chance some guys could end up going, um, you kind of get a ready-made player that, that you've seen play at this level. You've seen him for other schools, all that. And so I think fan, it's easier for fans to kind of grasp. Um, not that, you know, your baseball recruiting stuff hasn't done great for however many 17 years, you know, with us now. Uh, but that's, uh, I think that's a big reason why too, is because you, you know, oh, well that kid played for Florida. I saw him play. Uh, if you're just a casual fan out there, but uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that the baseball nugget stuff is, is, is killing it right now. Um, and it's kind of fun to, to cover, right, Jamie? Yeah, well, absolutely. John covers it. We just repeat it as our own and don't yeah. give him any credit, though, like some some other folks out there do. Um, John, let's let's go ahead and start with the current, and then we'll we'll work our way back. But t- today's probably going to be an impact day for Gamecock baseball as it pertains to the draft. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, um, you know, Will Sanders and Jack Mahoney should should come off the board pretty quickly if all things go as planned. I'm not sure which guy is gonna going to come off first it's, it's kind of interesting to me you know I've, I've talked with several scouts and and uh, a couple of agents and, and coaches who are talking to a bunch of people to kind of get a feel for for where guys may go um, you know and I feel like Sanders is probably three to four and Mahoney's probably four to five um, in in terms of rounds but you know I I, I think Mahoney has a has a chance of, of going going earlier uh, Braylon Wimmer could go today James Hicks could go today um, you know, Noah Hall has an outside chance of going today. Kate Austin uh, has a chance of going today as well. So, Ooh. you know, that's that's six guys right there who 
who legitimately could be could be picked today. Uh, and that and that's just from the current team. George Walcow could also get get chosen today from from the high school recruiting class. He's obviously put up some some huge offensive numbers. Went out to the MLB Combine and had some of the the best exit velocities. Had some of the longest home runs uh, in, in that, which included college players as well. Uh, he's the youngest kid in the draft. Um, you know, there, there's certain, you, you can see seven Gamecocks go, go today. I think it'll probably be closer to four, maybe five. Uh, but there are a lot of guys who could, who could end up going. Okay. Uh, if it's closer to your number, four or five, uh, then what are we left to make of the, the group that doesn't go? Is it more likely they return to school or they get to school in the case of George Walco? Uh, what, what are your thoughts there? To, to be honest with you, I think anybody with a South Carolina connection, whether it's today or tomorrow, I, I think they'll end up signing a, a pro deal. Like if, if James Hicks ends up slipping to tomorrow or Noah Hall slips to tomorrow, I, I don't see them coming back. Um, okay. You know, to be honest with you, I, I think the guy with maybe the best chance of, of South Carolina getting back is, is Will Sanders. Um, you know, he's, he, he has a chance to, to slip a little bit. You know, he's a Boris client, um, didn't have a great year, came in projected as a, a, a first-round pick entering the season. Um, you know, there were, there were some things that came up at the combine that didn't really go in his favor. Uh, I, I think he has a chance to slip, and, and he, might, he might come back. But I, at the end of the day, I, I think all of those guys are going to be picked to include George Walkow, and, and I think all of them are, are going to end up signing. Okay, um, so we'll obviously keep our eyes on that, and we'll know much more about this roster in the next 48 hours or so uh, after the draft has has completed itself. Uh, the SEC showed its strength last night. Eight of the top 24 picks in the draft from the league, including three of the top four and, of course, the top two from LSU. All right, uh, a very interesting story that you uh, posted on the Big Spur uh, over the weekend, Joey Whitting. Uh, tell us about this young man. This is it's, it's a strange ordeal. I don't think you see this often. Yeah, uh, well, he's a, he's a right-handed pitcher uh, who was who had signed his NIL uh, to National Letter of Intent, not name, image, likeness. Uh, his letter of intent <laughs> to Air Force. Uh, his dad is a re- retired Air Force officer, and um, you know he was starting to get some draft draft heat, and Air Force wanted him to report early to begin his his training for the academy. And he wanted to go through the draft process, and they kind of came to the conclusion that they would separate from each other. And and uh, he he got out on the mo- open market uh, a few weeks ago, and he was uh, at Petco, uh, Pe- right, the San Diego Padres Stadium, out there, yes. and yeah. uh, was was going through a pro workout. And he was talking with one of their scouting directors, their international scouting director who just so happens to be really close friends with Matt Williams, South Carolina's new pitching coach. And, you know, they got to talking about, you know, what he would want to do school-wise and said, well, my family's moving to Bluffton, South Carolina. I'd love to pitch in the SEC. So so uh, Chris Kemp, that, that's the scout's name for the Padres. He he, uh, he played at Spartanburg Methodist and, and yeah. you know, has, has been uh, a, a great scout for a, a number number of years around here, done stuff internationally. Um, he's, he's one of the biggest voices in the Padres organization now. But he, he called Matt and said, hey, I got a guy for you. And he came out on a visit. Uh, his breaking ball is, is elite. 
I, I think he's in the short term uh, a reliever, um, more so than a starting pitcher. But he's got a fastball that can get up to to ninety five. He's got uh, crazy spin rate on his on his slider. Uh, he, he's got he's got a chance to be a really helpful piece next year. That well, and, and let's just let's just go ahead and throw this out there, John, and really put the uh, the pressure on him. You know. Paul Skeens also came from Air Force. <laughs> well, he he pitched there for a couple of years and and hit there too so, and hit really well. Um, but we'll, no, they're we'll comparable. See. We'll we'll see. <laughs> okay, all right, that sounds good. All right, so Billy Amick's going to Tennessee. That was not shocking news. Uh, I, I mean, we've we talked about this two or three weeks ago. There was a big hurdle to get him over to get him into Columbia, and it was hard for him to clear it. And and he mentally. I guess just couldn't do that, John. So uh, kind of walk us through that process and then give us your opinion on the transfer class that they do have right now because it is a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, for folks who don't know, Billy Amick is a, is from a Clemson family, a entrenched Clemson family. Dad was the president or, or whatever they call it of their board of trustees up there for a while. Uh, one of the most powerful men in, in at the University of or Clemson University uh, for for a really long time. I mean, their their roots are deep within the Clemson community, and you know, the, the immediate family was was supportive if if that was a if South Carolina was the decision that Billy wanted to make. But you know, Billy grew up <laughs> not liking the Gamecocks, is is uh, you know as as many Gamecock fans do towards Clemson and. You know, he had great relationships with Monty. He had great relationships with several of the players like Thomas LaCroix, Ricky Williams, and, and, and others uh, from, from their days of growing up playing together. But, you know, at the end of the day, he just couldn't get past, um, you know, the, the, the Carolina-Clemson rivalry. And, you know, I think for most folks, that's understandable. You know, if, if, uh, if, if you had an opportunity to, to transfer to Clemson and you're a South Carolina guy, you're probably not taking it. Um, and it's not like he didn't have any other options. It's not like it was South Carolina or Lipscomb. Like he, he chose Tennessee, who was playing in the College World Series. So, you know, if you're choosing Lipscomb over South Carolina, maybe you should have made a little bit smarter decision. Um, but South Carolina's or Tennessee's pretty good at baseball, too. So, um, you know, that's what he ended up going with. They put a hundred, they're putting a hundred million dollars into their ballpark, aren't they? Yeah. And I don't know. I'll be curious to see what a hundred million dollar ballpark looks like because those renderings they look like they're paying about twice as much as they probably should. They need to. Uh, <laughs> they probably just need to raise Lindsey Nelson Stadium and, and start over if if it's going to take a hundred million to renovate that thing. Because I mean, it just we'll we'll see what it looks like. But they're definitely planning on investing some money. I, yeah, I've never had a good opinion of that ballpark, but that's for another day. All right, so the 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 rest of the class, though, kind of f- fill us in on if they're still on some guys that are out there and what you think of the current class that they have committed, the, the transfer portal class. Yeah, uh, they've got they've got ten guys in, in the transfer portal right now, or, or who are committed from the transfer portal right now, and and you know I I like I like the group so far. Uh, Austin Brenling stands out, a leadoff type hitter uh, who was committed a while ago um, in, in center field guy who can play defense at a high level. Uh, Kennedy Jones is a left-handed, left-handed, uh, or excuse me, a, a left fielder, right-handed hitter who's been really productive 
uh, for the last two years, was a freshman All-American at UNC Greensboro a couple years ago. Uh, really like him. I, I really like the pickup that happened the other day of uh, of Matt Duffy out of Canisius. He he was yeah. top five in the country in, in strikeouts, um, total number of strikeouts, and was uh, and only threw about 80 innings. So, you know, that – he, he had incredible strikeout numbers there and has done that for two years up there. It wasn't just a, a one-year flash-in-the-pan type thing. And, you know, a, a guy who could end up being really important is Parker Noland out of Vandy. And, you know, his his numbers weren't incredible out of Vandy. I, I don't think think he was a little over 270 or around 270 um, for his career, hit a few home runs. But uh, he's he's – has 681 at bats in a Vanderbilt uniform. That's a ton of at bats. So he's got experience. You know what to expect from him. He's got position versatility, whether it's first base, second base, third base. Can't play shortstop, but has some position versatility if if you need it. Um, and I, I think that's just overall a good pickup. But Ty, Ty Good out of College of Charleston it was the CAA pitcher of the year. Um, they're in on a on Miami's Friday night starter right now, uh, Carson uh, Ligon. Um, he was on a visit on Saturday and uh, in, in Sunday morning, uh, finishing up a visit to Mississippi State right now, uh, visited Florida State, visited Georgia. Those are the four finalists. Um, you know, before the Mississippi State visit, it sounded like it was going to be Florida State or, or, or South Carolina. He's got a brother who goes to Florida State. Um, you know, it's, it's a school he's really familiar with. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that kind of plays out. But um, there's another kid from uh, Gardner-Webb, a lefty power arm guy named Tyler Switalski, I think is how you say his name. And he was a uh, Team USA camp invite uh, like Ethan Petrie was. Um, he didn't he didn't make the squad. I'm not even sure he went because he had he had a hip. He had some hip surgery uh, last week. And I, I think South Carolina is going to try to do an in-home visit with him uh, in the next week or so. Uh, to, to kind of check in on him. But those are the two main guys right now. And, you know, we'll see what happens with, with the draft. Um, you know, if, if South Carolina is able to get a, a Will Sanders or a Jack Mahoney back, then, you know, those two, you, you may not need anybody else. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel pretty good about where South Carolina is in the portal. The only other thing I think they may add is, is maybe a walk-on or a really low scholarship uh, middle infielder kind of guy because you know they're the numbers aren't real high in, in the middle but you know they do feel really good about will Tippett and lee ellis at shortstop so they're not out there looking for one of those and since somebody asked in the chat box somebody asked about liam doyle out of out of uh coastal carolina uh, mm-hmm. south carolina just couldn't get any traction with him and you know they they tried to reach out and set up a visit and you know just didn't didn't come to fruition um you know i've i've heard arkansas uh with him but you know that may that may or may not be accurate. So, um, but so regardless of where he ends up, South Carolina tried to get in and just couldn't get in. John Whittle with the Big Spur uh, giving us an update here on the transfer portal for South Carolina. What one other name we haven't mentioned yet is the Causey kid who's coming in from North Carolina. He's a big boy. Um, is he healthy? What are their plans for him? He's healthy now. Uh, he, he's healthy now. Big, strong dude. Left-handed hitter. Six six two thirty. Got athleticism. I mean, he was. I, I remember going and watching him play uh, up in up in uh, Fort Mill. His his team was um, playing. I, I was seeing Magdiel Cotto, Cotto, uh, wow. who ended up coming to South Carolina and and transferred to Kentucky, but was a 
uh, a highly ranked recruit coming out. And I, I went up and saw both of those guys at the same time. And I actually ran into to Scott Forbes, who is now who was UNC's assistant at the time and now their head coach. And you know, I've known Scott Forbes for a lot of years and we were chatting about about Tyler at that time, you know, back in 2018 or 19, whenever it was. And, and uh, you know, he thought that Tyler could stick at shortstop because uh, he had that kind of athleticism despite his, his 6'6 height. Now he's grown. Uh, he's, 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 he's now 230 pounds instead of 200 pounds, so he's not playing shortstop anymore. But, you know, he's got great athleticism. And, um, and you know, he's, he's a power bat. You know, Monty went up and watched him. Uh, take some swings here a couple of weeks ago, and and he's got some real, real BP type of power, and we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening with that. And and um, you know, somebody asked about the big three in the chat box. Those, those aren't the big three. Um, Amick and Shelton and uh, Kennedy Jones were the big three. South Carolina got one of those guys. Um, Nyman Nyman was was an important guy, an important pitcher, and I, I made no bones about that on the website, but. You know, if you miss on one, you go get another. And Matt Duffy's a very, very good uh, uh, replacement for Nyman. But, um, you know, I, I said from the beginning that if South Carolina gets one of those three hitters, they've, they've done a pretty good job and two would be incredible. And, you know, they ended up getting one. I, I think this is a very uh, poor question to ask because I, I don't put a lot of stock in this in the game of baseball. But I'm going to ask it anyways and see if you can't rotate your response here. Uh is there a different or how big of a difference if there is one in the competition between what Duffy faced and what what Nyman Nimmin Nimmin faced because they're both great arms we we see that we know that they're talented kids but coming from Central Connecticut State and Canisius into the SEC is going to be a little bit different um and it's it, it's not apples to apples in the game of baseball as as we clearly know but is there? Did one of them face maybe a little bit more difficult competition throughout their career at their now former schools? I'd be lying to you if I said I've I've gone back and analyzed their schedule. Okay. And <laughs> their play. I, I will say that it's, it's, it's interesting that um, uh, Ligon Carson Ligon, the guy from Miami uh, that South Carolina is recruiting, uh, he and Matt Duffy went off went faced off in uh, the Coral Gables Regional. Uh, uh, in 2022, I, I think it was, uh, Kanisha's made made it in, into the NCAA tournament, and they they both started the opening game for their team. So um, Duffy pitched okay. He he gave up four runs and and I think it was six and a third maybe. Um, but it, it, at the end of the day, you you go and and you look at the metrics too, and you see how you you look at velocities, you look at spin rates, you look at um, it, it's some of the data that that's out there that isn't out there for the public, but out there for for coaches to see and their various various uh, subscriptions to different different uh, sites that only coaches have access to, and you evaluate that based on and 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 add in you know what they've done against their competition, and you also go into it with the understanding that you know maybe this guy is a guy who can who can start on the weekends for us, but you know he's basically been facing midweek competition for his entire career. You know we can put him in yeah. in on Tuesday as a starter and have him go out and throw those six really good innings against Winthrop or USC upstate or whatever else. And you know, those are six important innings over the course of the year. Now we saw in 2022, how not having enough guys and, and not having a midweek starter who can, who can do that really affects uh, your pitching staff uh, for the entire week. It affects your win loss record at the end of the year. 
Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think guys like, like Duffy or Nyman or, or whomever, you know, you, you have a, you, you take a chance on them. And, and especially when the, when the metrics back up, you know, what you think you see with your eyes. Wow. He had a, he had a great year, but John, if, if you could eliminate the Kent state and the Moorhead state games, he, he would have only given up literally 18 runs and in 80 innings. The problem is you can't eliminate those two games. And one of them he gave up 11, and one of them he gave up eight. Outside of that, he didn't give up more than three runs in a game this year. He shut down West Virginia, and he shut down Boston College as well. Sometimes yeah. you just have a bad day, man. That's all it is. Right, and, and those were just a couple of bad days. And, and Canisius wasn't a good team. Uh, they they finished right around 500. And, you know, sometimes that affects what your line looks like as a, as a pitcher. And, you know, he was he, he had some offers. He had offers from Big 12 schools. He had offers from SEC schools and ACC schools. So, you know, South Carolina went out and, and got a guy who, who uh, some power schools really wanted. Well, I guess we'll see what happens with the draft, John. Did we miss anything? Is there anything that we did not cover? If we got it. Um, you know, Gavin Costas coming back is obviously huge. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, get, yeah. I mean, there were, there were only 10 guys in the SEC who had more home runs than he did last year. I mean, when one of them's Ethan Petrie, uh, so, you know, South Carolina is, is, uh, is brought back a really important piece. And, you know, I've, I've talked about, especially going into last year and early into this season, that, you know, Costas is, is, is not a, a really good defender, uh, a, a very average defender. But I've, I thought he got a lot better as I kind of reflected over the season. I thought he got a lot better defensively as the year went on. So, you know, you're bringing back a guy who can play play a pretty good first base and uh, a left-handed power bat. You know, I think that's a big deal. I think Chris Veach, who was getting some draft heat, ends up coming back to, to school. Um, but uh, but I, I think that probably just about covers all the topics and – I, I do. I guess I should mention how big PJ Morlando is and getting that commitment. And you know, I, I don't know that he ever comes to school. Probably not if he continues on the trajectory that he's on. But at the same time, like there's there's something unique about that kid's personality to where, as we sit here today, a year from next year's draft, like I don't immediately rule him out like I have with several other guys in the past. Like Nick Shufo was a guy who who. Uh, who, who, who loves South Carolina, but he was he was too good and wanted to go. And PJ Morlando is probably too good, but I I could see him a little bit more than maybe some others come coming to South Carolina. So as we sit here today, I'm not going to quite rule him out. Uh, it'd be it's a long shot, but getting a kid like that to commit is is certainly uh, certainly beneficial to the program and the the national reputation and the visibility and and, and all of that stuff because he's he's on the uh, He'll, he'll be part of the home run derby tonight with all the big leaguers. You know him and one other guy uh, uh, from the from the high school ranks are going head to head. I think I think it's I'm not sure when it is. It's supposed to be during the during the home run derby sometime. I don't know exactly what time, but he'll be center stage and they'll be talking about South Carolina for quite a bit during the middle of the All Star game. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we're about to tee that up for you as well. Yeah, it's going to be a big moment for this young man and uh, a big moment for the Gamecocks. And I'm sure they'll re- sure. they'll make sure they mention how. Duff Debbie midweek or, or I'm sorry, uh, reliever or mid uh, weekend starter. Uh, he'll get a shot on, on the weekend. Uh, I mean, he'll be in consideration on the weekend. You know, he may be a, end up being a midweek guy. 
Uh, but he, he's a starting pitcher before before bullpen guy. So, um, you know, I, I certainly won't rule him. He could he could be in a James Hicks type of role this this, this past year too. Coaches yeah. like having a, a guy like that. Um, but he's he's going to be viewed as as a guy who who throws who throws a lot of innings versus a guy who only throws one or two in spurts. Yeah, I, 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 John, I think that this, this again, this is not really a, a fair question because it's July. But if you had to, if you had to roll roll the dice today, and you said, okay, what's the weekend rotation look like next year? I, I'm still not sure that I'm coming off of the three guys that have already been in the program: Roman Kimball, Eli Jones, and Matthew Becker. I and mean, we'll see. But but the guys that are committed, like the Duffy kid, like Ty Good, these guys that would be entering the program. Are, are they? I don't want to put you in a bad spot here, but they, are are they guys that you think would step in and above the young men that are already on the roster, or they're maybe a little bit behind them, competing for those spots? What do you think? Well, I, I'm with you 100. percent I've got Becker and and Kimball and Jones in in my weekend rotation as as we sit here today, and you know part of the reason being is is they've they've pitched really big innings against really big competition and been very successful. I mean, Matthew Becker against Texas, Matthew Becker against Florida, Eli Jones at Mississippi State, Eli Jones at Arkansas striking out 10. Uh, I mean, and, and Roman Kimball, I mean, Roman Kimball was the best pitcher on the team in the fall before he got hurt. I mean, he, I think those three guys, and th- those guys are still growing, right? Like those guys are, are all finishing their sophomore years, going to junior years. You know, you're Ty Good, you're Matt Duffy. Those guys, I'm not going to say that there's not room for improvement, but you know they're, they're they've already been in college for four years, three or four years. So, you know there there may not be quite as much upside there. I, I still think there's room for growth, and those guys are going to come in, and and I think that both of them can can be weekend starters. Uh, and you know you're also recruiting a Swatowski and a Lagan you know, who can come in and, and be weekend starters as well. But as we sit here today, like I'm riding with the, the three guys who are, who are currently on the roster and knowing that both good and, and, uh, and Duffy are going to pitch very significant innings. Could be right back in the same spot that they were already in, have five, six, maybe seven guys competing for uh, a weekend spot, which would be just a really good spot to be in. That's for sure. And I'll remind everybody with pitching in college baseball these days, injuries inevitably do happen year to year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, Let's we'll see. Uh, we, you we can, can expand can, your rosters to 40, have 30 arms yeah. and uh, 10 other You're guys. more the merrier. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? All right, John, uh, we really um, we really do certainly appreciate it. And um, and next week we'll, well, we'll be, our, our eyes will be on all this throughout the week, especially with the draft. But uh, next week, guess what? Media days, everybody's favorite week. Talking season ramps up. So are wait. you are you on vacation next week? or Are you here? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. All right, good. Well, then next week you'll have to speak in a Steve Spurrier voice the whole time. <laughs> I, can, yeah. I, can, I, I can't do that too well. I, I'll, I'll defer to JC on some of those impressions. You, you probably got best in one day out of out of just having JC talk. <laughs> Shoot, we got All right, we'll take coming. your best That's move on. No, I, yeah, I was. Beach <laughs> well, was about eighteen feet outside the strike zone. I'll, can't even I'll, just, I'll take the Spurrier. You take Holtz. JC's going to be Coach O. He he always slips oh, back uh, into it, anyways. So. I knew that, that was, I knew that Michael Braswell was going to go be an LSU Tiger. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he, was eating, he was in the dugout eating average jumble uh, uh-huh. that's, that's, uh. 
Oh God, I don't know. Welcome good back, stuff. everybody. Good stuff as always, man. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful I appreciate week. Appreciate you guys. You go. John Thanks, Wayne, John. From a very warm backyard in the middle of July. Uh, it, uh, it's probably a little muggy out there this morning. I know one yeah, thing. It's yeah. done nothing but rain here. We just got back late last night, and we came back to, I don't know what you'd call my backyard, but it's not a backyard anymore. It's back, the back swamp. It's awful. Swamp. Yeah, oh, dude, it's awful. I got to get uh, a zero turn. I, it's going to. Low know. country. It's worse. I, I, I miss that uh, southern humidity. Uh, oh, yeah, you should. It, now, I'll warn everybody, it does get humid. It, it gets humid up here, I mean, because of all the, the agriculture and, and corn and trees and, and you know midwest does get humid but uh wasn't anything like tennessee boy it, it rained and the smoke uh, she was like there looks like there's smoke coming off the mountain i was like that's what they call it, the smoky mountains that's right i don't know that for sure but i just said it but uh, it looks like humidity smoke. coming yeah humidity, so all right, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and hit a timeout because we need to go ahead and double dip. So we'll do that. JC dropped a bomb a couple of days ago and then disappeared on everybody about Dylan Stewart. Maybe he's got something to say about that. So we'll make sure that he addresses it, and we'll slip back into recruiting as well, plus some of the topics that will come up next week at the 2023 SEC Media Days event live from Nashville, Tennessee. We're glad to be back with all of you. Painted garnet and black. Let me paint something.com. A couple of painters, if you're in Georgia or in South Carolina, they're the best in the business. They're the best price. They're the nicest people. And they're Gamecock fans. Gamecock owned and operated the Still family. Tristan pops in from time to time, and he is outstanding. A couple of painters, let me paint something.com. Hang tight. We'll be right back. program you know like carolina rise i mean i I can't stress enough how how important it is to get involved with these with with these programs because that goes straight to our student athletes it goes straight to recruiting it it helps tremendously on multiple levels and i know that it's one of those things you sometimes don't necessarily get to see it or feel it right away but you will feel it in a negative way if you're not involved on the front end Carolina Rise has been a huge impact in our program. Um, if you don't have good players, you don't compete, bottom line. And these days, as you mentioned, the 11.7 scholarships uh, is not near enough for what baseball players deserve. We have 35 players, um, yep. only 27 of which can get scholarships. And we have 11.7 scholarships to divide up among those 27 guys. So you're you're talking about the average player on our team is paying half a scholarship or half half his way to come here um it's ridiculous it's totally ridiculous and you know the nil uh market has allowed us to help kids afford to come here it's helped kids to want to stay here now, there are guys on our team that would not be here probably without the nil and carolina rise has been a huge part of that um you look at we had three draft picks last year that decided to come back to south carolina I don't know that that happens without the NIL. We appreciate Carolina Rise very much and everybody that's helping to facilitate that and, and help our players uh, is a big part of what we're doing now and what we'll be moving forward.
don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. <laughs> Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet and black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options, and go Cox. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. 
Hey folks, this is Michael Manus, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring to you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Good to be back. Is that what we're saying? Does it feel good to you? (laughs) Feels good to be back. Yeah, well, you know, just had to remind everybody that, you know, we are back downstairs. (laughs) Hey, y'all, keep the TV at 10. Don't go in and out of the bedroom. It's right at the bottom of the stairs. That's right. Yeah, there's a lot of shut the front door going. No, I, I, ha- I had to be selfish during the break. I forgot. This was, uh, we took this picture while we were up on the boardwalk in our Hobart this weekend. I mean, Aww. come on. Yeah. I know they're mine, yeah. but I mean, come on. Ah, they're cute, man. You gotta, yeah. you gotta show it off, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really cute when I looked at my bank account last night. <laughs> yeah, vacation will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, not to mention you're a Delaware of all places. So I'm, well, you know what? You know, the cost I, it, of living up there is a little higher than what we got down here. It's uh, it, yeah, and it's so it's funny because um, who said that? Somebody said last week. Yeah, dude, it just sucks. You're in Delaware. I said you'd be surprised because I was first time I ever went. What 10, 11 years ago? The coast is awesome, and the rest of it's farmland. I mean, like the sit like Wilmington. I've never been to Dover, but Wilmington kind of sucks, but. Um, but the coast is, it is really neat. I mean, it's pretty cool. And then you're five minutes inland and you're just in a bunch of farms, but yeah, they had fun. They took us to the, uh, to the old cleaners, JC. <laughs> so, people, people need to start chipping in around here. That's right. That's, that's for sure. Craig, uh, we did on the way up there. Um, we stopped, we usually stop around like Rocky Mount, Roanoke Rapids, um, but we decided to stay one final night, so we drove the whole freaking way yesterday, and it was awful. <clears throat> it was awful. Jan, the his um, Jan asked uh, if we were at the beach with Joe. Everybody should know who that is. Um, wandering aimlessly around out there. <laughs> no, of course not. But um, his motorcade did drive by my mother in law's uh, uh, real estate office in Rehoboth when he was leaving town. She sent me a video of it, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Good thing he didn't have to cross the street. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, what is it, like a 50-car yeah. motorcade for the price? Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Uh, <laughs> Craig, now, nah, the, the drive, honestly, is uh, if you're do if you – like, if I didn't have kids, me and Carrie get in the car and we're going, it's maybe maybe nine and a half hours, maybe. Um, I've, I've done it in 850. Um, with kids, we left at eight and we returned home around 630. So mm-hmm. 10 and a half. Backed us up about an hour and a half or so. All right. Um, it is uh twelve oh eight. Uh Jan, I uh oh I'm sorry, bud. Um Jan says he saw the SEC opponents home and away baseball next year. When will we know the dates? Yeah, yeah, early fall. Early fall. Um, not long after they start fall practice. It should be should be right in that time. There will be a release. So um we're probably about three months away or so from finding that out. Because I know you, he right, JC, Jan's gonna want to make his road trip schedule for Gamecock Baseball, and um, so we should know it soon. Absolutely. Can everybody hear me now, by the way? Yeah, yeah, we yeah can we're good. I don't know what happened to you. Well, well no. Well, my the stream yard popped me on to, like, my gaming headset microphone, which is what I've, I've got. A, I bought a gaming headset, even though I'm not a gamer. Um, and I'm wondering if it was on there. Well, the now time. we probably, know. It probably <laughs> sounded like crap. You know, uh, for the whole thing, if that was going, but it was, uh, yeah, I was on mute a little bit. But yeah, hey, it took us 12 hours to get to Gatlinburg from here. It's usually like nine, eight or yeah. nine. But it was, I remember you saying that. That's, it was sucks. stop and go through Kentucky. Like once we got past the Buckies in Richmond, Kentucky, which is kind of, kind of the halfway point, you know, a little landmark there. <laughs> but of course, we had to stop at Bucky's twice. Um, and there's a new one in Sevierville, Tennessee. We did not go to that one. But it's gigantic. It's like it's like a world record setting gas station. 125 pumps. That's insane. You see it from space. It's unbelievable. But we stopped at Bucky's, and uh, and after that, it was stop and go all the way down, all the way through Sevierville, all the way through Pigeon Forge, all the way up the mountain to Gatlinburg. But coming back, it only took us nine, and that, that was it was pretty clear. But we came back on Thursday, and guys, we walked around Friday thinking it was Monday. Because mm-hmm. we're right. so used to coming back like on a Sunday, but then on Saturday we were like, "Hey, it's kind of pretty cool that like we don't have to go to work today." You know, <laughs> we have a few days to kind of recover and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I like that know. one day buffer coming out of a vacation. I agree. That's yeah, nice, man, there, that's good. good. Settle in. And, yeah, mm. and then I got a wild hair up my butt and gone to the Dirks Bentley show on Saturday night. I probably yeah. would have been a little bit better well, <laughs> ready you, to roll today. But you, you know. did it on the tail end, though. I, I was at the Chief on Friday yeah. night. We got yeah. up Saturday morning. Off, to I, I'll tell you all this story. <laughs> I was halfway man. there. I was like, I don't. Think I, I am in the car. Like we we got up six o'clock to go to Gatlinburg on Saturday. <laughs> And I, I knew JB had been at the concert the night before. He sent me some photos and stuff, a little video of the chief, because he knows I love every church. And uh, 6 o'clock, 6.30, I get a text. Hey, man, y'all on the road? I'm like, JB's probably been up all night. I was like, this dude didn't go to sleep. And no. then he tells me, um, he tells me, he's like, uh, now we're on our way to Delaware. And I'm like, I knew this had to be some kind of deal you made, <laughs> you know, where you, you got to get in the car the next day and go. So I prayed for Jamie quite a bit on my trip yeah. down. Uh, we but, made but it. They, they stopped. They, well, I got a text from when we, when we got off the highway in Sevierville, I got a text from him. He's like, we stopped at Rocky Mount. I'm like, ah, that's probably smart. But, uh, uh, anyway, well, it wasn't, that was the it wasn't, 
My as as much as I adore my wife, she's a hotel snob. Um and um and I am too to an extent. I'll say that. I ain't staying in no Roach Motel. Don't be buying none of that crap for me. But however, she did she didn't want to stay in the Marriott. She's very comfortable in Hampton Inns. She's never had a bad experience. She didn't want to stay in the Marriott. Okay. She didn't want to stay in the double tree. Mm, okay. I'm telling you, that Marriott, that's where or that Hampton Inn, that's where we need to stay. Well, we stayed in the Hampton Inn. And there was a dog barking all night long in the room next to us. No. Now, I, I could I could sleep if a dump truck backed over me and dropped a load of concrete. I can sleep through anything. She can't sleep if the neighbor three doors down farts in the middle of the night. She'll hear it. She'll wake up. And so, I mean, as soon as I heard that dog, I started kind of internally laughing. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Somebody ain't going to bed tonight. Cause I don't That's funny. How's that for your Hamptonality? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. That is, <laughs> that is hilarious. Put that in your Hampton uh, pipe and Yeah, that's right. Uh, I do have I have a couple of things. I got a, a little announcements here before we get rolling. Yeah. Um, don't forget the late night Gamecock show with Matt Anderson. Uh, the numbers looking at it, you guys have been listening to it. Uh, if you're on our podcast platform, that's all it's available. It's going to be live streamed eventually, but right now it's just on our podcast platform. If you subscribe there, you'll be hearing Matt. Matt's had some really good episodes. We actually did drop one Saturday night, give you guys some little red meat. He talks recruiting, all that good stuff. He's going to be a writer for the Vicksburg.com as well. Uh, very knowledgeable guy. I've been friends with him for years. Um, no, he's he's kind of made for this business. He's trying to get into it. So uh, be sure to check that out. Also, uh, those of you that ordered free Carolina Rise t-shirts, the overwhelming response I got to that, uh, I had to order more because I ran out of Smediums, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, I got all of those mailed out uh, before I left for, or no, no, no. I got all those mailed out finally when I got back Friday. Um, so that's done. Um, $10 t-shirts. Obviously we, we, we launched that on Carolina rise, $10 tees forever. If you want $10 tees, go order one from carolinarise.com. I'm getting those in next week. Uh, also rain check packages have all been mailed out. If I'm looking at the charge for UPS, that was, thank God he got it done before they went on strike that my brother, uh, charged on, on the Carolina rise account. That looks like they're all mailed out. So be sure to get that for you. Uh, the rain check packages are done. Um, yeah, and that's, that's about it. You know, we got a a lot more, we got some exciting announcements coming up about the show, Carolina rise, uh, a lot of stuff. There's a lot going on right behind the scenes with all this stuff, but, uh, certainly, um, wanted to give you guys some updates on that. Also, Keith, Uh Gamecock, Gamecock pod live is going to have Dante Reno on, on Wednesday. I think that's his free show. He streams it live. So, uh, you'll want to check out Keith on Wednesday for Gamecock Pod live with Dante Reno, the quarterback commit from the 2024 class. Nice. All right, those are the announcements for today. Fantastic stuff. JC, just a couple of days ago, sent the whole recruiting Gamecock world, if there is such a thing, I don't know, into a frenzy because he decided he'd get all liquored up and throw out a big nugget <laughs> on the big spur and then lock the damn thing so nobody could send a follow-up question. He's just... <laughs> He's at Dirk's Bentley just laughing. Yeah, that's right. No. <laughs> Sorry, sons of bitches. <laughs> no, just kidding. He didn't do that intentionally, guys, and he was not liquored up. Um, but um, on a serious note, though, 
JC, there there has been reason, and and you and I, you and I have, have. This is one of the ones where I'm actually like, hey, I've had some of these conversations myself. There's been a lot of reason for a while for South Carolina to feel really, really, really good about Dylan Stewart. And then this weekend you said that you feel even maybe better than that. So why don't you tell us exactly who your sources are? <laughs> and maybe that'll help us understand why you feel so good. Some people would like that. They believe that it's my job to, to tell them that. No, look, I locked it because I, I was not going to be in condition <laughs> to uh, answer a bunch of questions. Number one, no, not, not really that. You know, Wi-Fi at a concert is real tricky anyway. Uh, I always like to answer follow-ups when I can. Well, you unlocked it this morning, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't dine and dash on people. You know, I I don't have an ivory tower approach. I'll answer anything. Look at my AMA questions and answers. But I, I didn't feel like I could serve my audience well by doing that. And what happened was I was on the phone with Evan from Tito's and Chicken, who we've talked about here a little bit, by the way, mm-hmm. apologize again that he had a fake, uh, he had a, uh, you know, uh, a fake uh, doppelganger coming here and all that, but but we're, we're friends and stuff. And uh, he actually ran into a friend of mine at some th- same place he was at and they called me up and I was like, yeah, you know, like, well, anything good. And he's like, you know, cause sometimes people get that, and we've seen in the chat box, people have gotten a little negative about recruiting lately because they see the crystal balls or whatever. And I was just suspicious. Like, hey, I'm not, I, said, I still think they're getting Dylan Stewart because I'd had a couple of conversations with some contacts a couple of days before and got some answers. And, um, uh, you know, Hale still feels the same way. So does Tony. So I'm not on an Island here. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we're not putting in crystal balls because, there's a reason for that. You don't want to like have this big thing and blah, blah, blah. And, and all the other fans from other schools get involved and stuff. We may do it in time, but, but right now is not the time. I, and I just felt like, you know, and so Evan tweets it. Hey, I've just talked to JC. He tags me in it. Oh man. Oh man. This is great recruiting news. And I'm like, eh, no, nah, it's okay. I'm not mad at Evan for doing it, but I felt like at that point, to avoid everybody asking questions on the board and me not getting to it. Cause I knew it was going to be like 48 hours before I was back on the board. I felt like I should drop the information because my first obligation is to my audience, which includes you guys and the paying members of the big that period. That's it. If I have info and it gets out, I'm not going to drop it on another show or something like that before I give it to like my, my audience period. That's just kind of how I roll. So I had to do it. So I was in a tough situation. <laughs> and so I typed it out as best I could. And, uh, you know, and it was a spontaneous trip. We ran into some friends of ours who were out, who were heading to the show. Tickets were not that expensive. Uh, it's the venue I'll be seeing the chief in here in a couple of uh, weeks. So I got to kind of feel the lay of the land. It's an awesome venue, by the way. Uh, not in, it's in my area of Chicago, not in, it's at Tinley Park, which is right down the road. Uh, so it's not dangerous or anything. Uh, so we rolled over there and I was like, well, shoot, I better do what am I going to do? I need to do this. So that's why I locked it up. Here, here's the thing. Uh, South Carolina, all recruiting uh, decisions are based on comfort level. And I've said that my entire career because they are. Now, uh, comfort level is facilitated by great relationships, but also by other things. You know, relationships don't stand alone. I mean, level of program, can they get you to the NFL? All those things impact the comfort level. South Carolina has by far the best comfort level with Dylan Stewart and his family. 
Now, could Ohio State do something and change that? Uh, absolutely. Have they to this point? No, not according to my contacts that I trust, who are pretty honest with me uh, all of the time about whether or not, you know, where South Carolina stands. They're very honest with me about other players. Daniel Hill, for example, is 50-50 right now. Uh, you know, and, and so I, I have no reason <laughs> to, to believe that he's not coming to South Carolina right now. And I felt like you guys deserve to know that uh, because <clears throat> I, I, I understand that doom and gloom sets in sometimes. And trust me, uh, according to a contact, another one that I spoke to this past weekend, you know, they're, they're a little antsy inside the building. They, they want some more commits. They want some of that momentum back that they had. Um, and, and frankly, you know, hopefully they get some soon, but uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, I think to avoid that and just not saying anything and just not telling you what I'm hearing on my end is a disservice to the entire fan base, you know, because all you're hearing is seeing uh, Will Fogg and, and Doan who do a great job and make crystal balls to Ohio state and whatever. Well, that's fine. That's their job. You know, they're national guys. I've, I've, I've sat in that chair before, man. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's tough. It's tough making predictions. And, a lot of times, the biggest brand school, you err on the side of that because that's what makes sense, you know. Uh, but I've seen enough situations to where it doesn't make sense to where things flip. Uh, and, and we've seen situations like this with Nick Harbour and Jordan Birch. It goes back and forth. And this thing, when it comes down to what they call, um, I can't say that on the air, something cutting time, uh, you know, when it comes to cutting time, yeah. they uh, – it could go back and forth. And and so that's the situation. But I, I don't want anybody to, ne- to, to believe that South Carolina is not in excellent shape uh, for Dylan Stewart right now, according to, you know, what the feeling is inside the program. I, I trust it. Uh, there's too much pointing in the direction of Carolina behind the scenes. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we, we've got, by the way, unexpired data bundle has invaded the chat box. Good all, God. All over. Just, I just love call him on the yeah. WhatsApp. How yeah. much data uh, by, by the way, Clint, uh, he's not on YouTube yet. Matt's late night game. It's not on YouTube yet. It's coming, though. We, we kinda, we're kind of easing him in with the podcast side of it and all that, but it is on podcast and stuff. So so that's the thing with Stewart. Now, Liam Andrews, I'll give you an update there. Gamecocks feel like they're trending with him. He's the big D lineman out of Massachusetts. Uh, again, nationally it's just not something i I mean i'm gonna kind of go with what the gamecocks coaches say here and uh and what my eyes tell me is that he's a dn and not an offensive lineman it's tempting to move him to offensive line i understand that but i think he's too quick too physical has is too much length to not be a defensive lineman um and the gamecocks are trending down he just hadn't committed yet and so people are kind of wondering penn state wisconsin are the other two uh daniel hill uh, I think he is a still considered to be a lean to Carolina, but there's someone in his inner circle that wants him at Alabama. And so this is a common thing that happens in recruiting. You know, families, inner, inner circles, so to speak, they're split mm-hmm. on what they think should happen. Most of the time, I'll tell you, what the kid wants wins. Uh, I'll say that, you know, most of the time. Not all the time, most of the time. And you're talking to somebody that lived through the Landon Collins commitment Remember when his mom's sitting there on national TV about LSU and he goes to Bama or the Alex Collins commitment where he went to Arkansas and his mom wanted 
uh, Miami and his mom stole the national letter of intent. Yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah. people running after with it. Uh, we lived through the Jordan Burke situation. Now that wasn't his mom wanting him to go someplace else at the time, but obviously we found out that, you know, she, she's, uh, her, his mom's got, you know, a lot of knowledge about other schools. Let's just put it that way. Uh, or a lot of, a lot of things she thinks about other schools. So, um, that's the thing. In 76, I can tell you that mama is not the problem uh, or the issue. I don't want to call it a problem because it's Alabama and the kids from Meridian, Mississippi, an hour and a half away. It's, Alabama, it's University of Alabama. I'm never going to say that's a problem, but something the Gamecocks have to overcome. Uh, yeah, it's not mom. So I'll just, and I'll leave it at that because I don't want people digging and, you know, fans are crazy. I, I know you guys aren't, but uh, there are some crazy ass fans out there that would start tweeting at people. And then you're just going to cause the Gamecocks not to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not going to, I'm going to say who's inner circle member. How about that? Um, Xavier says not saying you're wrong, JC, but what happened to make when Wilt Fong drop a crystal ball if South Carolina still has such a strong football. You'll have to ask Steve that. Yeah. We all have our sources at different places, right? So you have to ask Steve that. Um, Clint says, JC, what do you attribute the slowing of momentum to ebbs and flows of recruiting? Yeah, and the fact that the Gamecocks, uh, their frontline guys they offered and went after this year, their priority guys, look at where they've committed to. Now, Virginia Tech with Adams, if it wasn't an in-state Virginia kid, I'd say that that shouldn't happen, right? But it is an in-state Virginia kid, so you see it. But, man, everybody else has gone to, like, Georgia uh, or Florida or, I mean, name your blue blood school. It's yeah. not like they're sitting. I mean, they have lost a ton of guys to Georgia, straight up. Um, that's the best program in college football. So, I mean, there's uh, that's what happens when you recruit good players. So, I'm not, you know, and, and the Gamecocks have gotten their share of good players. Um, Saunders says, Liam Andrews stuff came out of nowhere. Did he pop up on our radar because other schools weren't counting him for defense? Tony had a report on that today and kind of alluded to it a little bit. But also, uh, also you know, he, he knows Dante Reno. There's a connection there, mm-hmm. uh, and the Gamecocks kind of got him in, and and, and um, you know, hopefully they get him. I mean, because they need defensive linemen, uh, obviously. So uh, that's the deal there, uh, and and that's my little recruiting report, channeling my channeling my inner Phil Hornblut there. <laughs> uh, and, oh, Phil, a lot. I wouldn't I wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for Phil. So uh, I don't mind giving him a little shout out on that. But that's. Uh, that's the deal. And and look, it, it's it's July. Most of the staff is on vacation right now. Uh, I mentioned this today in my Spurdots piece. They're human beings, you know, and th- this is the best time for them to take off because not a lot going on, you know. So it's going to be a little slow. Um, frankly, usually around this time you get a slew of commits. There are some guys scheduled to commit. don't know how well they'll go. Uh, I'll say with Keelan Adams, uh, and I know those crystal balls popped up today, uh, he's told different schools, different things, you know, and, uh, and, and like serious things. So we'll see, you know, I, I think that one comes right, could come right down to the wire. Uh, and I don't, I don't even know that that one's over if he does commit to tech. So, you know, that's the deal there. Uh, Xavier says, should we drop back and start recruiting those second tier guys? You always talk about JC instead of going after the same dudes. George is always chasing. Well, I don't think they always do that. I think it, it happened to be that way this cycle, uh, especially with some defensive linemen. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't really see 
you know, and you also at times, if, if you do chase those guys, especially in the state of Georgia, Georgia doesn't take them all. And you end up uh, getting your share, right, of guys that are close. I don't, I don't think, I think who they're recruiting is just fine. Now, should there be some backup plans out there? Can there be? Yeah, maybe they're not known yet. Um, can you get guys that are just as good? Yeah, probably. Or, or they could be just as good. Yeah, and you got to do that. But ninety uh, percent of that work that South Carolina does is within the state. The state doesn't have any defensive linemen this cycle. <laughs> they do next cycle, and, that, and that's just the nature of it. So Amari Adams, guys like that, are coming down the pipe. You had Xavier McLeod last year, but that's uh, that's kind of the thing there. I, you know, just Jalua Solomon, FSU, Carolina. Yeah, I, I'd lean Florida State there. I think it's been Florida State. I know he named Carolina his leader after he visited, but uh, I think once he went to Tallahassee, that was that was pretty much it. Um, and so we'll see uh, see what happens. But, yeah, Clint mentions the cookout. There's a cookout at the end of July. Dylan Stewart is supposed to be there. Now, look, Dylan Stewart cancels his visit to the cookout. I may put in a crystal ball for Ohio State. But he's mm-hmm. coming to the cookout at the end of July, and I think that's a chance for South Carolina to close the deal, uh, close it completely. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I uh, – I, the myth that all of a sudden Carolina's football recruiting has gone in the tank uh, is just that it feels that way. And I, I'm with you. If it feels that way, uh, Clemson getting the guys they've gotten in the last couple of months probably doesn't help because I know, uh, I know all you guys follow them. Everybody's second favorite team to follow is Clemson. We know that. Don't lie. Don't lie. You pay attention. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you, you ask any Gamecock fan what other roster they could name. It's Clemson. I mean, same with them, most likely. Mm-hmm. So, so look, it's uh, that they, you know. So Austin says some pretty much think this class is going to be filled with three stars and unranked players. No one else wanted. Well, why would I mean? You've already got how many four and five star guys in the class? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you still have more four stars than you have anything yeah, else. Right Jonathan now. Taylor's <laughs> a four. Hill's a four. Liam Andrews is a four. Keelan Adams is a four. Dylan Stewart's a five. How many guys did I just mention? <laughs> you know, then he always got the transfer portal, too. Now, the game guys are going to have to get more NIL money if they're going to do better in the transfer portal. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, and there's a good article on, on three today that explains that that business with the NIL is moving more towards fans and brands than it is with donors. Um, and so all, everybody collectively, you know, needs to kind of get involved with all that just a little bit, you know, cause that, uh, that certainly helps, but that's a, uh, that's another topic for another day that we're definitely going to get into this month, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I think the cookout will be very beneficial for Carolina. And I think we'll be sitting here a month from now talking about how great recruiting is going again. Uh, it's just a matter of, of kind of a lull and, and you don't, there's not a class out there that you don't have this kind of experience. A lot of teams had it at the beginning. I mean, I do a radio show in Tuscaloosa every single Thursday and I get asked in March, Alabama's 21st in recruiting. What's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> it's just the ebb and flow. I mean, nothing's wrong, you know, as we know. So anyway, there, I know I talked a little too long there, but uh, that that's, uh, that's what's going on. Uh, on that end of things. It is 
1231. We will hit a quick timeout built by the Barndo Co. and powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be right back. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless summer. Go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Colmacina from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, second hour of the show here. Nice recruiting report from JC to start the second hour. I wanted to give a shout out to old Xavier Manley for making it on late kick with Josh Pate the other day for a very bold claim of South Carolina going nine and three with another win over Clemson. If I remember correctly, Xavier, correct me if I'm wrong in that, but I'm pretty sure that's what your bold prediction was. What was Josh? We need to get Josh on, by the way. I haven't talked to Josh in yeah, a while. Yeah, this has been a while. We need to get him on. What, uh, what was Josh's response to that? I believe he gave it a uh, eight-point-something. I don't I think that right. – I, I, I'm not predicting that, but I don't think that – I don't th- – I'm not saying this, like, in a bad way. I don't think that that's a bold prediction. Or, I, I'm sorry – I don't think that that's too bold of a prediction. I think that they could go nine and three. 
I can see it. I mean, I, I, the the glut of toss up games. I think looking at it from a preseason standpoint, just I, I think your yeah your range of outcomes is very wide this season. The the end of the schedule too sets up well with what? What they have four straight home games? Or five, mm-hmm. four, yeah, four, four. Jackson, Jacksonville State, Vandy, Kentucky, and Clemson. Mm-hmm. So heading into that Clemson game, you know, even if South Carolina sputters a little bit at some point, they have a chance to kind of get things rolling before. And, you know, momentum matters in that contest. I mean, it's, uh, Gamecocks had some momentum going into that game last year. And a lot of times Clemson has some momentum. I mean, keep in mind the 2016 team that beat Carolina like a drum uh, up at Clemson beat Troy 30-24. to Lost at home to Pitt by a field goal, gave up 43 points. But by the time they played Carolina, they were rolling, buddy. You bet your butt they were rolling, rolling. Well, there's um, – I think one of the games that I don't – I don't know that this is the game that would be like the difference maker in the season. Might be, might be. I don't know. I guess – I mean, you never know how things are going to play out. I'm just talking as we speak about it today. But there's been – and we're going to start to hear more of it after next week and you, you because of who they hired. But there's been an increasing conversation about A&M. And I think, like, we all think about the, the personal stuff, Jimbo and Petrino and I think DJ Durkin's down there. Now. I mean, all these guys have had their issues off the field. But on the field, we've all seen the fact that they can coach. If they couldn't coach – they wouldn't keep getting hired again. And they also have this whole recruiting class from last year that's pretty much grown up overnight, essentially. So there's been like an increased optimism that not only A&M are they going to be better than the two and six in the league and five and seven overall, but that they might be significantly better. I, I, I think the, the measuring stick game, guys, if they go get beat at, eight, at uh, Miami in week two, I think that's when you're going to quickly start hearing those rumblings as to, okay, how long are we going to put up with this here with how much money we've given this guy and the whole nine yards? Yeah, I think Wegman's yeah. an upgraded quarterback for them this year as opposed to what they started with last Was year. it his first start against South Carolina? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I thought he played pretty well. And I, I did, thought as the year went on, you know, they lost a lot of close ones last year. And, I, and I'll say this, I – I do think there were some culture issues there because of the money they spent with NIL. I think a lot of the guys that were bad apples, they weeded out. They've left. A&M had a lot of attrition in the portal, but sometimes it's addition by subtraction when when you're talking like that. I've got them third in the West, and and I'll tell you this, I struggled because I I think Auburn is going to be the most improved team in the league. Wait, but Um, behind behind – Bama, behind LSU and Bama, yeah, LSU there? and Bama, yeah. I got Bama. I got Bama over LSU because I, I, I just think that anytime there's an off season where everybody talks about who's going to beat Bama, uh, which is LSU, and that game's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. So you, you think LSU's yeah. going to walk in and beat them? No. no I, oh, I don't I, either. I'll, I'll, I'll no. predict that okay. right now. Just like, just like people are talking about Texas going in there and beating them. No. Look, I'll change my tune if that. I mean, I will. I will it's I, not going to happen. Will, I'm not going to make a bet on it or anything. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and sing the Texas album, the eyes of Texas, if they win. Although I may, <laughs> but uh, I'd be shocked if they were within two touchdowns of those guys. I, I just I, they yeah. had their shot last year, you know, and and didn't win. And now everybody's talking them up. And if I know one thing about Texas, is whatever you talk them up, 
Yep. They're going to break your heart. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I don't like hyped venue. Because you don't hear you about it. Is Bryant Denny Stadium an underhyped venue? I, look, Bryant. Or does Denny- it get the appropriate amount? I mean, I think it's because, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's because they play those, those you know, powder puff games. <laughs> and a lot and of people don't show up to that. So you don't really get the full, you know, it's, yeah, it's a good environment. Yeah. It's just yeah. a very. I, 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 JC, let me get. I, I, You've never been there, Phil, right? Yeah, because I've, I've never been. There. Yeah, that's why I've been I'm there a couple you. times. Been, JC, I, yeah. you've been there. All couple right, times. so here's what I'll say about Brian Titty, and I mean this respectfully because I, I I have no issues with Alabama. Um, I felt like I was. I guess you can make the case that I was, although we beat them in 2004, and again in 2009 they beat us. But I felt not disrespected, but kinda like. Oh, you know, like a JV squad. Welcome to town. We hope you all enjoy it. You know, if you walk around the corner, there's some statues you can look at over there. And, um, you know, there's, uh, there's, oh, the trophy case is on this side. Okay. And we just hope you all have a good time. Uh, you should check out the Houndstooth. It's a great bar. You know, you know, welcome to town. Have a great time. And then if you walk in, if you're, of course, Auburn, but if you're Georgia or LSU, the big dogs in the league, it's like, a monster was created. So there are two different personas of the environment that you can get there. It's the Southern hospitality. We're going to kick your rear end, but welcome to town. And then it's the other ones of, okay, here are the big dogs that we actually battle with in this league. So let's just tell them all how much a piece of trash they are and, and the whole, and show them our tooth and the whole nine yards. It's funny. Cause after 2010, you know, cause Carolina, like, like it, it's, it's it's strange because a- Alabama, since Saban got there, has obviously been the dominant program in that state. Auburn certainly has had its moments, but South Carolina didn't beat Auburn until 2020 after they joined the league. And oh, by the way, Auburn beat them pretty good twice—one close one, and then one blowout in, in the lone SEC championship game. Game guys have been in, and this is why it hurt Carolina not going to the SEC championship game in the years that followed because that would have been a big stage and all that. But Alabama fans, by and large, respect South Carolina a whole hell of a lot more than they respect a lot of teams on their schedule. Now, it wasn't that way, JB, in 04 and 09. Because, you know, but but Carolina beat them in 01, beat them in 04, beat them in 2010, one of their great teams. And and South Carolina has three wins over those guys since they've been in the league and they rarely play. 09 was yeah. not a win for Alabama until the fourth quarter. Oh, you yeah. Could, I mean, you yeah, bet yeah. your rear end, they were collectively yeah. holding their breath in there. <laughs> my, my buddy called me, he said, South Carolina's no joke, man. Just I mean, snap, they, just they, snap they, it to Ingram, man. I have a lot of Alabama friends, and they have and much more respect for South Carolina than maybe an Auburn does or a Georgia that's played Carolina a hundred years or whatever. So it's interesting. It is interesting. Now, I think as far as a venue goes, 101,000 seats, they sell it out every single time. Now, they can get loud, but there, there has been some complacency through the years. There will not be complacency when Texas marches in there. No. Uh, I'll also say this. You're, to your point, Phil, about the the uh, you know the, the cupcakes they play. So, so they love, for a long time, and we gripe about this around here because of the Charlotte games, which I'll never understand. Uh, and that's another talk for another day. But Alabama's fan base has been just – killed with these neutral side games 
So in other words, in a year where they play like a Louisville in Orlando or a Duke in Atlanta or, you know, Miami in Atlanta, or, you know, they, they've been in that kickoff game in Atlanta a ton uh, and, and Orlando. And they opened in Dallas against Southern Cal a few years back, beat the snot out of those guys. Um, they've had all these neutral site games. And, and what happens is people don't understand it because it's like, I mean, like, and, I, and I'm one too because I love the neutral site games. I think they're like cool bowl game type settings. But that takes a home game away. You know, that takes a, a time for you to go tailgate, use your season tickets, be with friends, do whatever, you know, because you got to travel. Both teams have to travel. And, and you, you get, quite frankly, you know, when you're playing teams like Southern Cal, you get a really cool away game taken away. You know, oh, no, we just played in Dallas. And so for years they had that. And then when their schedule was like, you know, every other year it's either at Auburn or at LSU. Those are two big games regardless. Well, in the years LSU's crappy or Auburn's crappy, you're literally not playing anybody at home. Nobody. You know, you have some tricky road games in the West. The rest of the West is up and down. You know, so 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 Alabama fans have, have kind of, yeah, they've been spoiled with all the winning, but they also haven't really had a big shot to, to go out and have a big home game. Well, well this I, year you I, got two, Texas and LSU. So there you go. I think a lot of what you're explaining, and, and again, you know, it's fun to see it on TV and 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 poke fun at Coach Saban and things like that. But I think a lot of what we're talking about here is exactly why he is the way he is. He gets it. He understands it. He knows when he walks into that ballpark and whether there's the 102,000 people that can sit in there that are taking that game seriously or not. And and it, because I've seen it. I've seen it over there. And and you know what? I'm not saying that it's wrong. Um, it, they've just – it is what it is. They, they've won so much. I think they're the – the greatest program in the history of the sport. And, you know, they're very used to winning. And, you know, so at some point in time, human nature kicks in where, you know, the big games are the only games that you're really going to bring everything you've got to the ballpark that day. But so I, I from a coaching side, I see where he talks about poison and rat poison and all this other, all this other stuff we laugh at. It is funny, but he actually has a legitimate point if you – if you don't bring that, that's how bad things happen, and it derail one day, one day in the whole year can derail your season. When you derail your season, you don't achieve what you're expected to achieve literally every single year there, which is winning the national championship or being at least. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, losing a game in that program is devastating. Yeah, and people talk about it, and and see that that's sometimes what forces coaches out. I mean, everybody's talked about it. Like it's like not fun to win anymore because you know. And I think a couple of years ago, Saban mentioned they beat Arkansas by a point on the road, and he went off. <laughs> He's like, "Pardon me, but I think that's." And he did his shaking with his hands, like bullshit. You know, he goes, you know, and he's like, "We're too good," and people that we're too good to go win a game by a point. I think yeah. he said it was college, yeah. but but you know, look, they, point, yeah. and look, they, all that's changing. If, if I'm a Bama fan now, I'm fired up about the schedule moving forward because without divisions, you know, yeah, they're going to play Auburn every year and a couple of other ones, but they'll get a lot of different. Dude, variety. their their home yeah. schedule this year is freaking awesome. Yeah, I was just I mean, you know, they got Tennessee at home this year. They're playing you got three former all at home, right? Yeah, you got three former <laughs> offensive coordinators. Uh, right or two, two, four. Uh, Kiffin, 
Well, Jimbo was never the OC at Alabama, but he was. No, under... no, two two former OCs walking in, but but obviously Jimbo going to Damon. Yeah. But no, their their home schedule. Like if you were JC when you were in Gatlinburg this weekend, if you would have met you know John Johnny Jack Smith, who's never watched a game of football in his life, and he said. You know, just tell me one place to go just for the home games this year. I'm just going to be a fan for one year. It'd be Alabama. Why? I mean, they've got Texas and Ole Miss coming to town, Sark and the Longhorns. You mentioned all the other reasons a minute ago, all the hype. You got Kiffin. Everybody wants to be there to watch Lane and, and Ole Miss and that offense, and we know the, the Kiffin, Saban, and stuff. You got Arkansas coming to town, which is a good football team. Then, of course, you got Tennessee, Alabama, Tennessee. And then, oh, yeah, you got LSU. I mean, unfortunately, Middle Tennessee State Chattanooga have to play there. Poor guys. They're only going to get 90000 in there instead of the other 100000 well, No, no, no. You're forgetting about – I mentioned this. The return of Lorenzo, alum Lorenzo Ward is the defense right. Oh, yeah, Chattanooga. Whammy. Yeah. The Whammy Bowl. That's <laughs> true. The whammy ball. Uh, that's right. I don't think his defense is going to hold up that week uh, against uh, against the Tide. By the way, that game is already designated as a noon kick or eleven o'clock their time. Huh. Well, that's good. That's good. Maybe they'll be asleep. You know, get right. it over with. Uh, let's uh, let's hit that uh, final timeout. It's twelve forty eight, and uh, we'll do that. We've got still some football to get to. On the other side, built by the Barn Doco, inside the Game Coxes show, we'll be right back. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. <laughs> Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Electric Bikes of Charleston! Electric Bikes of Charleston! Electric Bikes of Charleston! Electric Bikes of Charleston! Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229-LONM. MLS 1772182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. 
What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida, and you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. On deep drive to left. Morgan looks up and it is gone. Go two is sent to center. And this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Passes. And it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up and it's gone. We've seen the last of Braylon Wimmer. Yeah. Did you see that freshman hit that home run off the number one draft pick? Yeah. <laughs> Guy's pretty good. He's going to be back for another couple of years, by the way. Yeah, imagine that. So with uh, 19, 23, 17, 36, 50, 60 home runs returning to the middle of the lineup next year before you include one of the best leadoff hitters in the portal. Brindling kid, and I think maybe the best overall hitter in the portal, Kennedy Jones. Woo! <laughs> oh, man. Carolina's going to have some sticks next year. There is no doubt about that. So, uh, we, of course, will not be next week at SEC Media Days. The plan was for us to attend, but um, we have other things that are currently in the works that needed to be attended to this year. Uh, so, we hopefully next year we'll make our debut. Go up there and do the show live from Chiefs downtown on Broadway. Um, it'll, be, it'll be back I, in Birmingham next year. But oh, yeah, not naturally. To, Forget not it. To, not well, to rain on yeah. the parade there because yeah. that would have been fun. Oh, uh, Craig, on, on the T-shirts, yeah, I can get them in, in white or gray. Uh, it's just like I, with the big spur stuff, I, I order it, and so it takes like 10 days. Uh, if you, if you, I, I know when your order comes through to get you a, a black and or a gray and white one. So just order the black, and I'll get you a gray and white if you need that. They're available. The answer is yes. Perfect. Everything's everything's available. <laughs> Every with merch, well, you know, you want something, I can get it. It's no no problem. We're always for sale. Anybody, everything. Yeah, it's like you, know, you want you want you want me to sale. you want to pay me to wear a visor with your company's name on it every single day for the show. I'll do it. No, no doubt. Yeah, I'm, I'm for a price. That. Because I, I, I got I plenty love... of real estate right here. Yeah, you got a tattoo on some temporary. Uh, no, not tattoos. I'm not doing that. Well, yeah, I mean, so, you know, yeah. we'll talk. And uh, <laughs> and Craig, send me an email if you want like one white and one gray. I'm, I'm assuming that you want that, that's what you want one white, one one gray. Go to and it's on, it's on inside the gamecocks.com. Just go to the Big Spur uh, stuff, and that uh, that's uh, we'll hook you right up, man. No problem. All right, so. With media day beginning one week from today, the schedule that day is Brian Kelly, Eli Drinkwitz, and Jimbo Fisher. Excluding Brian Kelly, Jimbo Fisher, Eli Drinkwitz, which one is most likely not to be at the 2024 SEC media days? Drinkwitz. He's got a new deal. I'd I'd say Drinkwitz. I'm going to say Jimbo. I'm with you. Because are they going to be really happy going eight and four? I mean, no. they fired coaches for going seven and five, eight and four. Yeah, the last one. You know, I mean, I, I think they'll be better. How much better? I don't know. I think if they have a decent offense, 
the addition of Petrino to that staff, there's enough for him to say, you know, hey, look, we got it going now. <laughs> Future's right, right. Yeah, it's uh, and everybody talks about Drinkwitz being on the hot seat, but at Missouri's a tough job. I, I think they've done a good job, like in the transfer portal this offseason. Their problem's quarterback. Uh, they were Sam Horn, I think, is the name of the young quarterback they have. Uh, I think Missouri fans would just like to see Brady. Probably would have liked to have seen Brady Cook at the portal. So, yeah, you don't think he's the QB. But, boy, he did well against Carolina. I think he's got some talent. But, you know, I think here, – here's the thing with Missouri, Phil. I think you could be right, but I think they would have to bottom out. In other words – yeah. They keep going six and six and getting the bowl games. You know, that's enough to kind of, you know, make their fan base happy and give them hope. They have the new NIL law in state. I don't know how much that's going to help them in recruiting in state. Maybe it does um, because money talks. But, uh, you know, they they do have some pieces that they signed out of the portal. But, you know, all right. So they signed the guy, Theo Weiss from Oklahoma. He's a guy Gamecock fans talk about all the time. Gamecocks never offered him. Well, that kid was a five-star receiver out of high school, but he hadn't done anything. Yeah. You know, it's a lot like the Arkansas guy. You know, they got last year. You know, he was pretty good, but was he elite? Hasselwood? I wouldn't call him elite. You know, Jayden, I'd say he's pretty good. Jay Don. Don Hasselwood. So that's the deal. Uh, Xavier says, uh, "What's the charge for tattoo? Uh, just send a ten thousand dollar bill, Xavier." <laughs> You know, our $10,000 bill. 10, yeah. 10 grand gets you a nice temporary one for about a week. We'll, 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 we'll throw something on Phil's head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a tattoo so. guy, so uh, if you want me to do it, it's the cost of the tattoo and then $5,000 a year for the rest of my life up front. Up front. More than that. Then permanent. No, I don't know. And I'm yes. planning to live in, I'm planning to live until 100. So 60 yeah, that's right. times 5, 61, 21, 82. A little over three hundred grand, Xavier, and I'll get one at the size of my discretion. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got yeah. one on my shoulder. That's it. I, I uh, and I waited till I was forty five to get it. So um, I did not fall in. It, of course, tattoos were illegal in South Carolina for yeah. the longest time when I was growing mm-hmm. up. They were. I'd have probably had one or two had had it not been illegal. But uh, uh, but no, I did theater and stuff. And I was told you not to do that because what if your character does not have tattoos if it does you can always get temporary ones right but you can't really you got to cover that thing up if uh if you're not a tatted you know character and, and if you're doing a period piece from back in the ancient times where they didn't have tattoos you know mm-hmm. you're supposed to do <laughs> so anyway there's the logic behind me not getting a tattoo that's, till that's quite the i don't care that. anymore <laughs> I'm not not exactly rolling in the acting jobs here, you know. <laughs> so. Well, you should be. I mean, you know, probably. A, yeah. You would if you if you had an agent. If you have a good agent, get you an agent. I had an agent in Char and, and when I lived in uh, Greenville, out of Charlotte. But when I moved to Atlanta, I was like, they wanted me to drive to Charlotte for auditions, and you don't get but like one of every ten, you know. And I was like, man, I can't drive four hours for an audition all the time. So I was like, look, we, we got to just drop me or whatever. Just take me off the list. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I did audition for, though, is the show Outer Banks. Um, it's going to as a role in the pilot as the security guard. I think a female got that role. Though. So he's a female security <laughs> guard. But uh, anyway, 
JC, JC. And Outer right, Banks so, has become a hit, apparently. So I, I just mentioned that. Yeah, which drives me nuts because they film it in Charleston. They call it Outer Banks. It's yeah, the dumbest yeah. thing ever. Um, they were filming it five minutes, not even five minutes, a minute and a half from my house. Um, all right, so Phil, you get you you're you got uh, you're staying with Eli. Yeah, I'm sticking with Eli. I just look like if you look at the schedule and the way it shapes up, they're it's front loaded for wins for them, and I think optics may get the better of the fan base if if things turn south because they could legitimately lose the last six games of their season, and I don't think that's going to sit well. The rest of their <laughs> man, man, that that is yeah. It, I I don't know that they'll be favored in any of those final. Florida's the only Seven one, games. and that depends on if, you know, old Billy can turn it around midseason and actually get Florida rolling well, by the end of the year. I could see them favoring the Carolina game. Um, I mean, depending, obviously, what South Carolina does. But yeah. I, could I mean, see North them. Carolina's favored right now. So, right. You know, yeah. Somebody ask so, about that. Yeah. I, well, I, let's I put it put, to, to Phil's point. You uh, let's say if they get beat by Kansas State and Memphis or both, it's oh going to be hard. That's possible. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. and that's what. Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't don't mm. ever count out Memphis and and don't K State beat them pretty good last year. They got a really good K. K State's a special prep. Yeah, because they were yeah. ten wins. Ten wins. K State. All right, we are out of time. Teed up by travelingcountryclub.com. Do it. The coolest club in the Carolinas. Yeah. One more call. One more call. One more. One more. All right. Oh wait, hey Phil. What? Oh yeah. Phil, before we leave, we have to give JC time to do his infamous "just disappear on us" without saying bye to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and don't tempt him. <laughs> and there he goes. Yeah. Now we're back. Sweet <laughs> uh, Oh, good to have everybody with us again today. <laughs> the older I get, the more I appreciate golf. I'm just going to keep saying that in honor of my friends that travel. Michael was with us the last day here. They get their tournaments next uh, next weekend. Not next two weekend. weekends. Next week, not this coming one. The next one, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. Travelingcountryclub.com. All right, for John Whittle and JC and Phil, I'm JB. Can't wait to be back tomorrow, and we will. I'm sure you'll ask that same question tomorrow, but good luck getting that answer. (laughs) Counting it down, 54 days until Gamecock football. We'll see you at 11 on Tuesday inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. and live from the Sinorama Studios.